Hi, everyone. Welcome to the episode of the Public Health Podcast. Uh, this is Natasha from the Harker Public Health Club, and I'm so excited to be joined today by Dr. Julie Shi. Um, Dr. Shi is currently a school psychologist for the Fremont United uh, Unified School District um, and a mental health advocate for children and teens. In this episode, um, she'll discuss student mental health in the context of COVID-19 and how schools and students can work to destigmatize mental health and foster safe spaces for conversation. Um, yeah, so if you wanna quickly introduce yourself beyond that, or we can just get into the first question. Hi everyone, my name is Julie. Uh, thank you so much for your invitation, Natasha. Um, on top of being a school psychologist, uh, I have been using positive psychology since 2002 in my parenting seminars. I also am a, a adjunct faculty for Sophia University to teach positive psychology since 2017. So for me, that's a prevention because <laughs> uh, my job as a school psychologist in public schools mainly is for remediation. Once children already have significant problems, uh, either in learning behavior or social or emotional uh, difficulties that prevent them from uh, reaching uh, or developing their potentials to the fullest, they came to me for diagnostic uh, testing and, and follow-up work. Uh, I want to, uh, I personally prefer, uh, professionally, I prefer positive psychology, which is to prevent uh, problems getting to be that significant. So I just want to cover that end of it. Yeah, thank you so much. So uh, we can just go into the first question. So what originally sparked your interest in psychology and more specifically children and teens mental health? Um, I first became interested in psychology. At that time, I don't even know the uh, term psychology in high school because um, I, because of my parents um, argued a lot, I pretty much uh, wasted my junior high three years away in China. Um, once I got into high school, based on my um, performance level at that time, I should be a dropout. <laughs> I had no solid foundation for knowledge for high school um, and I have no confidence in my ability either. Um, but luckily, I had a, a very good uh, high school teacher. Uh, I was in, uh, my high school years was in China, 1986. Um, that teacher visited me at home um, and told me that you're the youngest student in my class and you look very intelligent and why your grades are nowhere, uh, nowhere, nowhere you're supposed to be. Um, he had no idea that my entrance uh, exam score uh, was not done by me. Uh, I got in that uh, very elite high school, um, not through the normal uh, way. So, but because of that trust, um, I was able to face uh, learning in a different light. Um, I had more confidence. I started to listen and do my homework after school. Um, within the second semester of uh, my first year in high school, I was able to um, I was able to move from the bottom of the class to um, you know top fifteen, and then the second and third year of high school I was the top three. Um, so that really changed my whole life. I supposed to be a high school dropout, but I became uh, I went to college unexpectedly, and I stayed in college for eleven years, uh, two masters and one PhD, um, and I still love learning until this day. Uh, um, because uh, because of that one half an hour visit from my high school uh, teacher. So um, I, I always wanted to know what happened to me. 
if it happened to me, it could happen to everybody. So um, mm-hmm. later on in college, I've, I learned that, uh, that uh, I'm a product of a Pygmalion effect. Um, so I changed to psychology as my major for my master's, for my first master's in China. Um, and I stayed in the field of psychology since then. Um, I really want to uh, uh, work with children and teenagers because I know that mental health is like the one before all the zeros <laughs> in, in math. Uh, without the mental health, uh, nothing matters. The more I work in the field of uh, um, school psychology in public schools, the more I realize that uh, no matter how high a child's um, IQ is, um, unless he has that uh, um, mental health, um, his potential is not going to be fully developed. Uh, it really hurts me. I mean, there was one year, um, 2007, I, that one year I, I was, I tested four high school students uh, uh, whose IQ are all over 130, which means top two percentile. Uh, all of them had a significant um, mental health issues. In public school, school psychologists uh, do testing for children to find out whether they are eligible for special education services. Um, we, um, find, we have uh, 13 disability categories in public school system. One of that is emotional disturbance. Basically, mm-hmm. they're for children with uh, significant emotional uh, difficulties. Um, so that's, um, uh, it's, it really hurts me. Um, to see that uh, they, based on their cognitive ability skills, uh, they should be top students. Uh, unfortunately, they cannot even handle regular class. They cannot even come to school. They missed so much uh, school. They were uh, they couldn't due to anxiety or depression. Um, and one of them actually dropped out. The other three, we were able to keep them in special education uh, classes, but one dropped out and. Uh, we we don't know where he went. He just couldn't handle the, the attendance requirement for public schools uh, in spite of all the support that we try to provide in school. Um, so it, it just really hurts me uh, to see all these uh, intelligent children um, couldn't uh, lead a successful life due to mental health issues. So that's why I really want to raise the awareness for mental health and support the mental health development for children, teenagers. Yeah, that's really amazing to hear about your own experiences and how you're turning that into now um, helping the next generation of children and teens struggling in school. And yeah, I think that's just a really amazing way of continuing your journey. And so going into a next question. So uh, I know people have slightly varying definitions of mental health. So we're just wondering, um, how you define mental health? Oh, well, it's not how I define. I like the <laughs> definition WHO. WHO defines it as a state of well-being uh, in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stress of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Um, when I first saw this definition years ago, I feel like, oh, isn't this my definition for success for my own two children? <laughs> if they can realize their own ability, cope with normal stress of life, work productively and fruitfully, and make contribution to the community, I would define that as success. So that, that makes it even more essential. Everybody needs it. Just because you don't have mental illness doesn't mean that you have mental health. Can you realize your own ability? Can you cope with normal stress of life? 
uh, can you work productively or fruitfully no matter what happens around you and, and always make that contribution to the community? I mean, it, it, a lot of times uh, people have such stigma or misunderstanding for mental health. They felt that, oh, uh, mental health is only for, only people with mental illness needs that. But everybody needs it because um, it, it shows a sense of contentment for our life and has a, a shows it demonstrates a zest for living and uh, indicates the ability for you to bounce back from adversity, a sense of meaning and a purpose, uh, flexibility to learn new things and adapt to changes and, and a balance between uh, rest and activity, work and play. Um, and plus it shows your ability to build and maintain fulfilling relationships. So everybody needs it, not just people who has uh, um, mental illness. Um, yeah, I completely agree on that point. Um, yeah, I think people sort of um, associate mental health with like just one very small aspect of it, like mental illness, when yeah, mental health affects everyone and it's an important part of everyone's lives. So our next question was, what are some of the most common sources of mental and emotional stress that you found among um, the students that you worked with? Um, in the year 2013, in 2014, I was one of the judges for uh, essay, high school essay contest uh, in the Bay Area. We actually started in Bay Area, but uh, um, many high school students uh, from other states participated as well. Um, based on the response that we got, it was pretty consistent that uh, uh, social comparison um, and also your personal definition of, uh, uh, for success, um, while actually very narrow, I should say very narrow personal definition for success really uh, correlates with uh, uh, teenagers' mental health. So our first essay contest, uh, the question is, what's the number one mental health uh, uh, challenge for you in high school? Um, most students told, told us it's a social comparison with uh, peers and, and reaching for, uh, you know, reaching for the, uh, the, the goal set by social norm. Um, and that leads to different mental health issues. Uh, the second essay uh, contest, the title is, how does your personal definition of success affect your mental health? And I was really impressed. I remember one uh, student's uh, essay said that, uh, oh, I finally recognized that uh, there was a common denominator to my mental health problems, which is my personal fear of failure. So they're afraid to fail. And how do they define uh, failure? low grades um, to the point that uh, some student told me that uh, I used to love learning until I got that D uh, honors chemistry and then all my focus become, become to raise to get that uh, um, straight A's and so um, so that's to me uh, is uh, a big um, challenge right now especially for the Bay Area uh, high achieving schools um, looks like the weight is uh, on the grades um, a lot more than what it should be. Uh, instead of learning as a balanced experience, they they, they took a narrow view of uh, uh, school. Yeah, absolutely. As a high school student myself, I feel I can definitely relate to a lot of the points brought up in the essays and what you talked about as well. Yeah, it really shows. Like 2009, uh, that was the year that uh, uh, there were five high school students committed suicide in one semester uh, in six month period in Palo Alto. Um, 
Challenge Success uh, from, it's an organization from uh, uh, Stanford University. Uh, they did a survey of over 5,000 high school students in the Bay Area. Uh, it, it's very alarming. 54% of female students reported that they have three or more symptoms of physical stress in the past month. Uh, 32 male students reported three or more symptoms of physical distress in the past month. Um, I work with students. Um, they would tell me that, oh, I have, uh, you know, I constantly need to go to the bathroom or have chest pain. I'm like, you're 12. You have chest pain. <laughs> That's, uh, so th these are all uh, symptoms of uh, uh, stress. Um, you know, um, couldn't go to, you know, couldn't fall asleep or uh, constant headache or neck pain or you know, things like that. Lots of uh, symptoms um, that the percentage is too high uh, compared with this age. Um, yeah, so transitioning off of that, we know that mental health has become an especially pertinent issue with the COVID-19 pandemic. So do you have any advice for high school students coping with new sources of stress during this time? Uh, it is indeed a very challenging time. Uh, we are social animals. Uh, at the beginning of a uh, pandemic, I remember I was leading a group of uh, 100 um, uh, Bay Area teenagers uh, Going to uh, going through my curriculum of positive use, my uh, my high school student would tell me said that uh, Julie, uh, my mom uh, give me at home. Yes, physically I'm healthy, but mentally I'm having a breakdown. I cannot see my friends. I mean, at that time nobody knows that we wouldn't uh, see our friends for over a year. That I don't know how we get through. Honestly speaking, because uh, in 1946 to uh, 2020. Um, there were 83 studies um, studied uh, the impact of a social isolation or loneliness on the mental health of uh, um, previously healthy children and adolescents. Uh, the number of samples uh, uh, adds up to over 50,000 uh, uh, students and the mean age is 15.3. Uh, and 63 out of the 83 studies uh, reported that, uh, yes, social isolation and loneliness um, has a significant negative impact on uh, students' uh, mental health, it's really difficult. Um, what, I mean, starting from uh, the point, uh, point of view of a, a positive psychologist, uh, I'd like to say that the most effective way to drive away darkness is use light. Um, so we have a, a positivity ratio in, uh, as evident through different studies in positive psychology. Yes, uh, Negative emotions are important for our survival, such as uh, under fear, we can run faster. You know, those are very important. Or when we're sad, we cry, and it's a natural part of us. But um, we need to make an effort to, to keep the neutral or positive emotions at least three times more than negative emotions to keep ourselves healthy uh, mentally. Um, so how to do that? Uh, remember that our uh, gut, is our second brain. So eating healthy actually will boost our mood. A lot of the brain food actually is also uh, food for our mood. So for example, like uh, those uh, food that uh, rich in um, omega-3 uh, or fiber or vitamin, all this, whatever is good for your brain is good for your mood. So um, healthy diet definitely can boost our mood instead of uh, going to the you know the the emotional uh, eating which is uh, uh, 
sometimes too salty or uh, those uh, uh, junk food uh, that's not good for your mood at all. Uh, another important thing is definitely sleep. So uh, more than 70% of students in California does not get more than uh, the, the adequate number of uh, hours of sleep, um, which is at least eight. Actually, American Sleep Foundation recommends 9.25 hours of sleep for teens. A very small percentage of students can reach that quota. I remember 2009, they... Uh, uh, our high school, Mission San Jose High School, also participated in the survey for challenge success. The average number of sleep for our high school is 6.5. Uh, so it's it's a far less what's recommended for this age. So if you want to be healthy emotionally and mentally, make sure that you have enough sleep. And there are many other things like make sure, I mean, how to make that quota of three to one, how to raise your positive emotions uh, you have hobbies that you enjoy. Uh, you have a pet, you play with your pet and walk in nature. So nature, the, the, somehow the brain really is relaxing for us. Um, um, also the exercise, exercise is very important. Um, I used to tell my students, that, oh, you have got regular exercise to the point of uh, light sweating. And so that will boost the release of serotonin. Well, it turned out that 90% of serotonin is actually produced in your guts. So, uh, so exercise, good food, these are all very good. So physiologically boost up your positive emotions. There are many other ways such as uh, um, you make sure you have a good relationship with people around you. So you need that social support from your family, your friends. Uh, make sure you still stay in contact with your friends. Not that schools are opening, so that's good. So you can um, be with your friends again. Um, another important thing that, uh, well, two things I want to mention. One is um, meaning and uh, uh, goals. So you make sure that you have meaningful activities. Uh, you find value in what you're doing. So that's very important for your mental health. Plus your positive uh, mindset, how you look at the problem. That's uh, um, very important. Uh, if you look at uh, um, just a temporary uh, problem as a permanent <laughs> denial to your self-value, such as uh, uh, a low grade on a test, then it's not good for you. You're going to exaggerate the impact on you. Um, I still remember that back in 2009, there was a documentary called A Race to Nowhere. And it was dedicated to an eighth grader in Danville who committed suicide. The, uh, and the mother, they interviewed the mother, what happened? It was a very high achieving uh, girl, beautiful. And the mother said, oh, it's all that stupid F. You know, I was pondering that. I, I'm just thinking it's not that the mom believed that it because she got an F in algebra test on Friday and then Saturday she committed suicide at home. The mom blamed it on the, on the uh, algebra uh, test. But it's not that test, it's how you look at the test. Uh, the test score. If you feel like uh, F is not acceptable, it's a total blow to who I am. Uh, of course, that's going to be tough for you to accept. If you feel like, oh, that's just the one chapter that I did not get the concept. And then you're going to look at it as, uh, oh, how am I going to, uh, 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 maybe I should talk with my dad or get a tutor or, or just to work on that one chapter. It's not a big deal. It's a temporary problem. So how you look at a temporary problem um, is going to determine your uh, attitude and feelings and your actions afterwards and how much effort you want to put in the same task. So all that. 
Um, there are many other things uh, under pandemic that we can um, um, engage in to make sure that uh, uh, we stay in the uh, positive mental health. Um, so things like uh, uh, make sure that you, if you feel stressed, uh, talk to someone. Yeah, it could be your parents or it could be your, um, your friends. And so uh, talk to someone. Uh, make sure that we have the um, growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. And um, once you talk to someone, you're going to figure out that, oh, you know what? We think that we see the whole truth. Actually, we only see what we uh, believe in. So that's the way we all have the confirmation bias. We only look at for things that uh, confirms what we believe in. So expand what you pay attention to. Uh, be grateful for, you know, if you keep a gratitude journal, that's going to boost up your positive emotion right there. Um, many research showed that if you can um, write down three things that you're grateful for, or even if you, you were too busy just to pick out one day out of the week and to write down about five things you're grateful for, so all that practice will help you to uh, not only um, not only uh, get out of uh, a bad mood quickly, um, but also increase your energy level, uh, improve your sleep quality, and reduce stress um, and other symptoms, and uh, even correlates with the longevity. Um, other things is like uh, uh, distract yourself. If you feel like uh, you cannot get yourself out of uh, some... Um, negative moods and um, do something that you enjoy uh, or stay away from that setting um, or just to think about, you know, what in 10 years when I look back, does this still look that significant? You can look back at something you were really embarrassed about back in elementary school. Does that still matter right now? It doesn't. So put it in the longer perspective. So all these are ways that we can help ourselves. Yeah, that's a really amazing advice. And I know that um, a lot of things kind of, yes, Struck home with me, and I'll definitely keep those in mind. And so, going off of that, how can schools and teachers also um, better support their students? Um, there are many things that school could do. Like, for example, um, October tenth is the the World uh, Mental Health Day. Do some mm -hmm. events. It could it be you know it's just some some fun events? I think uh, student student leaders like you uh, could organize those things. Like. Uh, oh, let's do a bike race, but the slowest bike race. <laughs> you know what I mean? So instead of the fastest one, we're looking for the slowest person who can ride a bike without falling down. Uh, or just uh, sh show your hobby or, or do an art contest for mental health. What does mental health look, uh, look like for you? Um, so, uh, or do a wellness uh, seminar or a kick sale or some other things, you know, just to show that, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm not only, we're not only student, but I, I didn't know that you're a great baker, you know, <laughs> just to have a, uh, have a bake sale or something. Uh, that, um, so mindfulness uh, practice, uh, um, do, a, do a yoga uh, break or mindful breathing exercise between, uh, between uh, and during lunchtime, have, have some time, uh, some, some, some room where you can uh, calm down if you feel you need a space. So maybe the school can arrange a room like that. And uh, also the connection. Uh, the most important thing a, a school could do is to emphasize uh, or encourage uh, teachers to build that connection with students. In my junior high, uh, I remember that our principal made sure that uh, you each day you see uh, ask the, the, the faculty to each day you say hi to three different students uh, 
outside of your classroom. So instead of in class, so uh, um, make sure that make an effort to um, connect with students outside of your class. Um, make sure that you emphasize not only the grades, but also integrity or uh, friendliness, or respectfulness or helpfulness in your class. So all these are great characters that we learn, uh, but does not uh, get recognized um, or emphasized in a school setting. So all this uh, different character uh, um, building and also uh, make sure that you try to connect the knowledge to authentic uh, projects things that they can apply in life so that they will raise the joy in learning uh, meaningful assignments and uh, honor engagements and, uh, you know, all, all the other things in learning. So, and peer support, uh, uh, all that will um, help the students to know that, oh, uh, teachers care about me, not only about my grades, but also about who I am. So all this will definitely boost students' mental health. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Connection is super important, especially like in the context of the pandemic and the fact that we don't have that um, that usual just in person, like you say hi in the hallway, that kind of thing. Um, and so I guess a little bit of a transition on that question. Um, so how can schools work to destigmatize mental health and foster safe spaces for conversation? I think uh, that requires uh, effort for the whole community. Uh, maybe just, uh, you know, some uh, wellness seminars and make sure that the parents understand. I think parents need to know that, uh, uh, you know, symptoms of depression, how to deal with that, how to communicate with your uh, children. So uh, I think parents need to be on board as well for this uh, so that they know if my child talks to me that I'm not feeling well, I need to talk to someone. Um, they recognize that uh, they need to take it seriously just as uh, um, pneumonia. Uh, so it's, it's the same thing. They, they, their mental health is as important, if not more than their physical health. Uh, so uh, I think that uh, school definitely can work with parents uh, in regular, um, uh, regular activities or seminars and, and even activities like you, what you're doing right now, the public uh, health uh, podcast. So all this, hopefully your uh, school community's uh, parents hear about it too, so that they know that, oh, wow, um, I didn't know that uh, it could, it actually matters to my uh, children's uh, future um, uh, more than their grades. <laughs> so um, all this, uh, I mean, parents love their children. Um, so uh, as long as they understand the significance, they will support it. Yeah, that's so true. Okay, so I think that was all of the questions that I had for you today, but I just wanted to thank you again for sharing all of your insights. I've definitely learned um, so much from your presentation and there's a lot that I can take away and I'm sure that the rest of the Harker community can take away as well. So I just wanted to thank you so much for um, coming and speaking to us. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, best luck uh, for, your, uh, for your school year and beyond. And uh, thank you again for your invitation. Thank you so much.